Metricast. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. And overall, overall bad Welcome, Welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio. Radio. With your hosts, your hosts Dave, Dave and Sean. George Benson there. Hello, how are you today? Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. It's Halloween season. Yes, it is. You can't deny it. You can try it. It is here, and of course, we have to turn up uh, turn it up a notch when it comes to horror movies. So, yes, we have the guys from Gross Fest here. If you're not familiar with Gross Fest, it is a Pittsburgh thang. They had two successful shows. It's a it's a newer thing, and they've They've done so much better than some of the old school um, institutions, we'll say, throughout the nation. Uh, they had two just amazing shows, which is a very hard concept when it comes to starting a new festival. Okay. Um, whether you uh, understand festivals or not, it's hit or miss. And to start things off and have two successful ones in the beginning, it, that's just a huge amount of credibility. And I give Tim Gross and Tom Gross and Terrence Maine kudos up the wazoo. Can I say that? Yes, I can. It's my show. So listen, um, they're going to be coming on. We're going to talk about it. Of course it was canceled this year, but that doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Because Halloween can't be canceled. And there is a 2.5 show coming up at the Willow Station on October 30th. Yes, the day before Halloween if you're a local... Pittsburgh, it's six miles south of Pittsburgh itself. Don't be afraid to cross the border and come to the Willow Station. Excellent bar, excellent food. It happens to be a place, it used to be called someone else's bar prior to that. And I had my first book signing there. Thank you to Elsa Franzman, who is a great friend, love her dearly. And uh, she has since moved on and uh, she's alive. All right. 
she's moved on with her career. All right, but Willow Station is there and inviting the Gross Fest people there. Um, and I'll be there, Maddie Deering, Tim Gross, Tom Gross, and, um, well, who knows if Tom Gross will show up? You never know with that guy. He's amazing. But let's not forget the lovely and amazing author, horror author, Christine Soltis. Come meet her. It's worth your time. And you need to buy some of her books. It'll change your life. Trust me, it changed mine. Can't talk enough about her, man. Her writing is amazing. You're going to want to buy some of her stuff. For real. And meet her. Intriguing. Um, And Terrence Maine will be there, of course, selling his books. He's an author. These guys are authors, producers, directors, writers, actors. And they've made some crazy, really good indie films. And we're going to be talking indie films. We're going to be talking horror movies. And we do have the experts with us tonight. When you have Tim Gross in the house, you have the expert. He, I think he said he has like a ridiculous like between 8 and 13 books on the subject. And individually, all the films that you may or may not want to see. And he'll tell you exactly how in these books. But yes, we're going to get into that with him when he's here. Which he is not yet, obviously. But just so you know. Did you know that Dave Grohl was almost in Guar? Yeah. He was hired and fired almost within the same, I don't know, week. Uh, it's hard to say, really. But he uh, was offered a position, and they called him up and said they fired him immediately. Which, you know, you give or take that with what you know Guar spokespeople have to say. But it was during uh, Dave Grohl's DC hardcore days with Dane Bramage and Scream. And um, Dave says he turned it down. Uh, Guar says they fired him. Somewhere in between is the truth, and it's still hilarious to me. Uh, I just heard that on the radio myself. Yes, satellite radio. And, uh, yeah, I guess I should say this, too. i got to stop putting down terrestrial radio, too. Uh, iHeartRadio, yeah, we were picked up by them. Um, so, yeah, Kettle Whistle Radio can be found on iHeartRadio if that makes things easier for you or less convenient. I don't know. But I thank them for picking us up. I'm not sure why they did. But, hey. So, we've got an all-star cast today. And not just because the Gross Fest guys are here, but like I said, because we have Tom Gross, actor extraordinaire. Uh, he's going to get mad at me now. All right, so I have a habit of pissing people off, but Tom Gross will be here. <laughs> and he is in Maddie Deering's new film. And I think they're going to talk about uh, um, uh, dinosaurs? I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. But anyway... We will that we cover a lot of ground when it comes to horror movies. You you're gonna find some things during this episode that you missed along the way and maybe want to tune into or maybe purchase. You know, support the art. Um, and there is no better way to kick off the Halloween season than Bill Mosley and Buckethead as the Cornbugs. You're gonna be hearing Riders of the Whistling Skull very shortly here. Okay. And um, I know you're sick of hearing about it, but Bill Mosley is just a spiritual... That was a spiritual moment for me when I met him and spent time with him. And it was great. It was fun. And I know you're sick of hearing it, but you're going to hear Riders of the Whistling Skull off of Brain Circus from the Cornbugs. Later on, we got two bangers from uh, Machine Man Records. Uh, Chris Bollinger, thank you so much for sending us this stuff. Michael Haggerty's And There Was War. You're going to hear that. And then you're going to... I know we've played these guys before. Uh, Varicella. Uh, off Machine Man Records, uh, with All Is Lost, in the end, Kill. And that is off the Newborn Slave EP. Both of these songs, Michael Haggerty's And There Was War, and Varicella, All Is Lost, and in the end, Kill, can be found with the Machine Man's Machine Man Records site. Just look up Machine Man Records. You'll get them. 
And um, yeah, you could actually buy them there. You could give the band some cash. How about that? So they can produce more stuff. But we're also going to go out with my buddy Brody Knight and his band, The Sprockets, with Corona. Yes, he wrote that one especially for us. I think that's a lie. <laughs> but I love the kid. He's great. Um, and somewhere in between all of this madness, you will enjoy the new horror segment, Hughes Horror Planet. Yes, HB3 himself talks horror movies and their effect on the human experience. Yes, you're going to hear that somewhere in between. I'm not sure when. Actually, I am sure when. You're not going to be sure when. But enjoy it, because uh, that's Hugh Bonar, HB3. He's been on here many times. Incredible musician. Excellent teacher of music. And uh, purveyor of the fine arts. And I really dig this segment that he does. And uh, I'm not even going to tell you what he talks about, because it goes all over the place. And he does hit the 70s, which I love, because I think the 70s are a core of horror um, if you grew up in the 70s, I don't know. Or even if you grew up in the 80s and you went back and found, wow, 70s movies are a little creepier. It's true. And I want to thank D Factor for all the music you hear in the background. Not all of it. The opening segment is Charlie Fleming, and he's our opening riff. Kettle One. And Charlie Fleming is also in connection with the Grossfest guys, and we will be... T- <laughs> They will talk about the movie that they made together. But Charlie Fleming, he's been in the horror realm for a long time. Uh, and no pun intended. He's just been there for a very long time. And he uh, also plays music. And that would be Electric Prawn. And I want to thank him for everything he's done for us. And I want to thank Erica Askew of Biku Askew. Who, Biku Askew, by the way, she has uh, recently... Um, well, Fashion Trashin' is her deal, and you've heard about the sock puppets, and some of you could actually be on it. Lots of celebrity guests that do these sock puppets, including Shawnee Salt. Kind of a she-wolf, if you will. Um, but there's so many more. Emily Burton from Fireball Ministry. There, She gets these rockers playing with sock puppets and just having a great time. And you can check out Fashion Trashin' on YouTube. And we're going to have Erica here soon. And she is also Yard Panther, does our outro music our intro sometimes and she will be on here we're going to be interviewing some folks yet to be determined but we'll make it halloween oriented somehow but anyway hey thanks for listening and also too it helps if you help us out if you go to www.fairlydarkproductions.com got some horror novels there and if you go to burningbulbpublishing.com there's nothing but horror there for you all right, and if you want to pick up my comic book, it's Dr. Peeler, Demon Psychiatrist, issue number one. It helps. Issue number two is coming out. This non-convention season has been really bad, <laughs> and uh, Mothman Festival getting canceled really sucks. But, hey, Heather does have a show coming up um, October 26th. Paranormal State of Affairs with Heather Taddy and Cindy Willoughby. There it is. Yeah, October 26th, and this will be at the Hillview Manor. Three words, Hillview Manor. 2801 Elwood Road, Newcastle, PA, October 26th. Heather will be talking for 30 minutes, and then you can get a haunted tour at Hillview Manor. I highly recommend it because she would not do this unless she thought it was worthy. So check it out, and that's October 26th, folks. You can buy tickets online, Paranormal State of Affairs with Heather Taddy and Cindy Willoughby. All right. Hey, don't kill anybody until we get back to you. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
confident or dull. Let me tell you all about the riders of the whistling skull. Let me shout it out, America, to every hall and hull. It's the riders, oh, the riders of the mystic whistling skull. So come along, you lazy children. We are never 
smell them plopping, dropping pants all full of squat. This is awesome. It sounds good, too. All right. During a storm. This is unprecedented. All right. Um, glad you guys could do this. Um, am I sounding clear to you? Doesn't mean if I'm yeah. coherent. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Hey. All right. Well, it's good to have you guys on. Good to hear your voices. And uh, welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. Uh, this has been, uh, what, three years in the making? <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. All right, folks, friends, and fiends. I've got Terrence Maine and Tim Gross on. Well, we are we are missing one of your numbers though. Somebody's not with us tonight. Uh, we got to get Tom on here. He's just that. He just messaged me. Oh wait, is he going to join? Yes. Get out of town. All right. Now, just so you know, folks, we're talking now. These guys, we're going authors, actors, writers, producers, and the creative minds behind the successful Gross Fest that we are. Uh, Missing this year again. However, two successful years, correct? Yes. And we are just dying for the next one. Um, what does that look like for you guys? I mean, are you already setting it up? Or are you just going to wait? Well, I and I know Terrence was asking me, and it just the thing. Uh, here's the biggest thing. Mm. The best way to explain it is we were forced to hit the reset button. Right. The pandemic was the biggest thing that did that, and it didn't help that uh, we didn't feel safe. Uh, the hotel wanted more money, nah. and in the end, we got all of our money back. Nice. Got the process done of already paying all the vendors back, which should be done. Yeah, I got my and, money back. I appreciate that, but I would have said keep it for the next time. You know, I'm, Yeah, I'm... well, the whole thing was we wanted to make sure – like, because we don't know when we're going to be able or we want to, you know, we want to have the time. we got to kind of hit the reset button to be able to decide where, how, if we're basically, the basically uh, just how to summarize it is. We're an event now without a venue or a date. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, uh, like, I have a couple of little things I'm trying. And, of course, Mr. Fairhead, you're going to be a part of one of those. Yay. And uh, it was even something before we knew what was going on with Gross Fest. I wanted to do uh, just because we know Gross Fest has uh, has a lot of support. Yeah, surprising. man. Oh, yeah. We're talking indie artists, folks. Yeah. And it's not just filmmakers. It is authors. It's even some artists now. Uh so you guys, now, now, folks, you're getting behind the scenes here. You understand? Yes. And I've said, and I, and I've told people, I've like, uh, we've always been upfront about Gross Fest from the beginning, and I just wanted to keep it that way. And I just, we all made the decision. We all felt the best way to go about this, no matter what we do, how we do it. Make sure all the vendors have a choice to have their money back, because uh, whether you know it or not, David and uh, Terrence. Um, the new thing is now conventions not giving you your money back, period. Oh, God, that sucks. I've heard of this. It, yes, and I'm not naming any names. I am not naming conventions. But between the pandemic, uh, hotels raising their rates and trying to cash in as much as humanly possible, yeah. even to the point of fitting 
two events or two weddings at the same time in the same weekend uh, or stuff as the same time as conventions. Yeah. Uh, conventions like this fall, it's been going on where conventions uh, more than usual trying to go up against each other because they're all trying to collect money. But also, too, if you even feel uncomfortable of not going, hey, screw you, we're still taking your money. Yeah. So, it. I mean, I hate to say it that way. But it, that no, it's the the, uh, fle- the fleecing of Amorica right now. Yes. Um, and it, the, it really is. The biggest is. issue is, and this is just my opinion, Tim Gross's opinion right here. Uh, this is just my opinion. Um, it's no different for the people that go to uh, a certain convention that is considered an autograph session anymore. Again, I'm trying not to name names, Mm. but spend 150 bucks on autographs and then complain they're spending 50 bucks just to get in and all their money's gone to not even go to vendors. And I always say, why do you go to that convention then? Mm -hmm. And what it's going to come down to is because of this money and table rates going astronomical for some of these conventions yeah it's going to be the same thing i'm going to say to vendors why are you doing those events you know why are you putting out all that money you're not making money back right and the same thing goes with the hotels i understand you want your money here's the problem i have a feeling december let's say 2022 we're going to have a lot less conventions, and I have a feeling hotels are going to be looking for stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, just because yeah. it's all going to eat itself. I don't know if you know this. I was scheduled to work the Mothman Festival at uh, Point Pleasant with Heather, and that was a that really for me. It's a big deal, you know. Yeah. I, I'm riding her coattails, and it got canceled. And they were really cool about it. We got there was a lot of money, and we got our money back. And the yeah. hotel, everybody, That's they good. they lose out completely, and they didn't give us any flack about it. And uh, they just planned for next year. That's two years in a row. It got canceled. So we just yeah, found no, that it, out. It, yeah. it, the, the biggest thing is people are doing it because they do not feel comfortable Mm -hmm. don't want that responsibility believe me we didn't want that responsibility part of the problem is we literally jumped through hoops last year to try to make gross fest happen i know and when two weeks out the state basically screwed us not their fault but they're trying to do what they're doing everybody has their opinion we got to do what's safe and the biggest issue is to run a convention to promote it to put it on uh with the gross fest group it's gonna take us three months to plan mm-hmm. and that's the biggest issue and that was kind of the reason why even during this thing i wanted to go back to our roots whether we were having it or not this year i wanted to start doing these little ones these little ones that just i putting out feelers just trying to st- uh still want to promote uh indie authors like yourself sir uh-huh. uh thank you uh, even Terrence. Uh, <laughs> even Terrence. Even Terrence. No one likes him, but even Terrence, he's an indie <laughs> author. But uh, <laughs> even the filmmakers. I, I have to. I have movies. to differ. I have to differ on you with that. Uh, Terrence has a new fan. Uh, my wife. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, 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 go. yeah. It has every, uh, it, uh, his patriotic photos. We'll just say. Oh well, yes, I've heard. Yes, I've heard rumors. Oh, heard. Oh, you avoided the pictures. Lucky you. Oh, I don't have to avoid. My Facebook page does not take me to many places. (laughs) Yeah. You know what's funny? Yeah, those algorithms. uh, Yeah, they they don't like me. But, you know, I have to to say, folks, I I do want to reintroduce you guys. You've done these airwaves before. But Tim Gross, the master behind Gross Fest, and, of course, uh, your books. Um, You, My God, how many do you have now? Uh, I 
would like to say 13-ish. Oh, my God. And these are <laughs> thick monster books. Hey, and real quick, did you get Tom? <laughs> and there's Terrence. <laughs> Tim, Tom, and Terrence. I'm trying to get Tom on here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like we're at a convention right now. This is how it plays yes, out. It's yes. like, where's Terrence? Oh, he's looking for someone else. This will never beat when uh, Drunken Yinzers came to David <laughs> Ford. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> All the beer was getting drank. In. Oh, dude. No, um, Terrence should have been here for that. I believe um, uh, Bryce was here. Yes. Uh, all you guys from um, Jagoff, myself, yes. Jagoff Massacre, Chuck Connor. Um, yeah, we were in this small room here with a 30-pack of Pabst, I believe, I bought. And we weren't going to leave the room until four, I guess, or four of us finished it. Yes. Uh, yeah, that debacle can be heard, folks. It's it's there. Um, you go back, uh, I don't know, three years. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's there. But Jagoff Massacre was the film, and uh, that it's a local thing, folks. But if you can't find a chuckle all your own in that and i i want to get into your films and everything else we got to talk about we got a lot to talk about but mostly it's all about the future of gross fest and how frustrating it was organizing a convention during covid i can't even imagine like oh it sucked a bag of dongs how do you you not go ahead Tim knows this too the original group at the george washington really tried to bend over backwards for us yeah have when we were trying so desperately to have this convention with everything going on i mean they really bent over backwards to try to get us to do it i mean they gave us pretty much the whole run of the hotel yeah i I know they were pretty cool about it yeah we literally because they wanted it to happen but a totally understood when the mandates kept changing and we couldn't just you know literally would have became you're going to have two vendors in a room and five people have bought tickets yeah, it was right. like, we can't do that no that no no one can do that no but we were gonna try yeah we were gonna try and then again this year it just it with the up and down stuff and nobody can make up their minds and literally it was coming down to you don't want to be that convention right i'd rather err on caution Mm-hmm. And the sad part is, I think we have even garnered more respect and support for what Terrence and Tom and Jen and Tammy and I have done over the past couple of years dealing with this. I think we've even garnered that much more support from the vendors and everybody, because in the end, uh, like I was saying before, David, uh, mm-hmm. part of my reason I just went on a rant about the conventions and the hotels and everything else. Right. My other main thing is we don't want to be the independent convention that is charging independent filmmakers, independent authors. Don't want to be that convention that's charging people $250 for a table. Uh, yeah, that you said that from the very beginning. Yeah. I, res- I and that. I I there is many people outside of my circles that do know and again I will not name stuff. That I paid that all the time mm. to do those conventions. Right. And said to myself, if we would ever do one, we're not going to make people pay for that. Mm-hmm. We are not in it to make money. We're in it to survive mm-hmm. and let it let the process have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let it absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're like a forever garage band. It just works out, and there's some t- there's integrity there. 
you know, yes. and people keep coming back. Right now, it's like, you know, Star Wars is over. We're waiting for Empire Strikes Back. And boy, are you building that audience, you know? Yeah, and that's why I said what's weird, and I have noticed this, and I don't know how much Terrence or Tom has talked to some of the people. Uh, I know myself just hearing from random people, and I know Terrence has heard from some vendors uh, that I don't get to speak to. Them just... Even people that haven't vended Gross Fest, mm. they just want to talk about it and saying how much uh, they respect it. Yeah. And that's the reason why I say uh, if we're going to do this right, the best way to summarize it is we do have to hit that reset button. We yeah. do have to do this correctly. And yes, I, I think part of that was reaching out to the vendors first and going from there. But yeah, the ideal. I mean, just the um, the visualizations, what you got, what you're building here. Most bands that I've talked to, and successful ones at that, before they even played an instrument, they were drawing what their stage would look like. They draw pictures of how what they'd be wearing or what the set list would be. They're imagining things before they could even afford to buy a guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you guys I, are honestly the first one of my favorite moments of the very first Gross Fest is Terrence coming to me and seeing the room with a bunch of people in there. And I, Terrence go, did, I, goes to me, he goes, did you ever imagine this would be going on? And I said, Terrence, this is my mind if it threw up into a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the best way to describe it. And it's a like, pretty this cool hotel, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was always the idea. Uh-oh, it was Terrence. awesome, though. And uh, it really was awesome. And, I mean the credit a lot of it is i remember when everything went south before gross fest and Hmm. i was chatting with tim a lot and you know i would see somebody you know posted hey i think it was bryce said what 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 about gross fest well here i didn't know that tom tim's brother already had this in motion and i brought this up to tim and tim says you need to get with Tom about this and that's actually how me and Tom kind of came to talk because he was serious about it I was serious about it and I mean to see this all just come together it was absolutely amazing like I mean I can't even put into words <laughs> yeah how amazing was at that hotel and did you get Tom on there yet <laughs> I no no I don't have Tom he if he calls in I could see it and I can add him but yeah, so far he is the missing link. <laughs> uh, <laughs> l- let me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I do not have a uh, missed message by him either. If he dials in, I'll see it and I can just add him. And you guys know how that is, or little Tim does. Um, yeah, it, it, but yeah, so it, like I said, that was why I was saying to Terrence earlier. It's like, yeah, if you stop the call, you have to restart yeah. entirely everything. Exactly. <laughs> but oh, wait, 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 wait! Somebody, uh oh, I am getting something. Hold on, folks. I think we're getting the third of the Gross Festians here. Hold on. Uh, I just answered. Hello, anybody there? Uh, hey, hey. Uh oh, I think is that Tom. Yep. Yep. I think we hung up on the other guys. <laughs> I'm gonna add them to it here in just a second. Hey Tim, you back with us? Yeah. Okay. It, it came back. All right. Who who do we got? It, it left me for some reason. No, no, I did that because I got I got Tom. Okay. All right, so we got Tim, Tom, and Terrence. Yep. Yep. One more yep. And that's when the Bigfoot sex started happening. All right. <laughs> And like I say, folks, all the best conversations happen off the air, even though you probably heard most of it. But we got the creators of Gross Fest, 
all three of them here. And you guys also do a, a podcast, from what I understand. Tim. Uh, I do, if that's what you want to call it. Tim, it's called yeah. Bloodbaths and Boomsticks. Yeah. With Kyle Pauling and uh, John Satzer. Yes. Every once in a while we have T-Shirt Joe couple other people we have a whole six listeners well <laughs> we well uh, a lot of people are going to hear this i don't want to intimidate you but i don't know who these people are but um i will say this all right so we got terrence main tim gross now tom we haven't really introduced how do we introduce tom and how does he play a role into this gross fest and are, is, do you guys just abuse the hell out of him or no i am actually the jason newstead of this band and ah. he's more creator of gross fest <laughs> jason newstead <laughs> Oh, poor new kid. Poor new kid. Uh, all right, so Tom, Tom, how do you fit how do you fit into this formula? Uh Well, I kind of got the ball started. You know, it was a joke on Facebook about starting hmm. a convention. So, I'd made a Facebook page and said, "Let's do this." Well, you know, I'll put the money in to get it started and that's it. And fiction became true. Yep. That's awesome. No, it's cool. And we were just talking about it. You missed the earlier conversation. Just uh, the anticipation of the when it happens again. And I guess we're looking at what? This time next year, possibility? Uh, it all depends what we can figure out and where we can have it first. That's the big thing. Okay. But well, we're being right. open to dates and everything like that. So. so when it all came down, you know, that it wasn't going to happen again, um, did you guys dive into your creative mode, like with your movies? Uh, were you waiting to see what conventions would pop up and follow their model? Or did you just like, I know you guys are making movies, um, and we haven't talked enough about that. Or is that on hold too? Uh, we're, I'm, I don't know I like how you want to say that. I've literally, we just two weeks ago did the first scene for Tales from the Gross Side, the movie. Uh, I might be doing another one, another scene for another movie this Friday evening. Um, got at some point either in October, November, or December, going to be starting on a movie called Drain Snake Massacre. And we already have dates scheduled to build and film some other scenes either in late October or early November for Tales from the Gross Side. Are you having a problem getting people to show up for these things, or are they no. just hungry to do it? Uh, hungry to do it, and either way, we're keeping the shoots small, uh. and even ones I am going to be working with other people, they're keeping them small, and you know, trying to either do it outside or stuff of that nature. Just everybody's trying to, yes. and it's even it's still it's not all back. Uh, you can't put that tube back in the. <laughs> you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. No, yeah, just right. people are still a little weird around each other, even as good friends. Uh, you could see people are still a little weird, yeah. even if they're inside. They're not standing on top of each other at times. So <laughs> you can see that. I see it all day. Yeah, uh, just work related. You see it all day long. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I've actually I I was in a film. Uh, you guys may or may not be familiar with Todd Wolfson. Yes. Yeah, he 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 shot. If he's working on Batshit right now, the post production. But yeah, he had me in his Jello movie that he couldn't call Jello, and it was fun. We did we did that, and yeah, it was a little weird at first. It was COVID had just started, and we were wearing masks, some of us, and we're in this garage, but we're staying away from each other. Yeah, it's a weird element to add. It just yes. more frustration really, uh, for the filmmaker. 
Yeah, because you you got to figure out how you could work around this stuff or how you can do stuff and how uh, who's who and uh, well who's vaccinated who's willing mm. to do stuff even still even if they're vaccinated there you know some people are still cautious which you have to take that all in effect like who is even comfortable exactly and it goes the yeah. same way with conventions like who's comfortable going to them who's comfortable wearing a mask at them different things of that nature absolutely um we're going to take a quick break right here and uh we're going to get into uh well i want to talk to terrence about a certain book that i read of his and i want him to talk about it a little bit uh okay. you know, I, I don't want to bore i know how much uh, that's going to bore tim when we talk about terrence's book <laughs> it might bore tom and me <laughs> all right hey thanks for listening folks we'll get right back after this this is carrie means the voice of frylock and you're listening to kettle whistle
We are back right now. We are here with Tim, Tom, Terrence, <laughs> the gross festians, if you will. And uh, we're talking horror. I mean, and the horror of COVID and the horror of conventions, trying to book them, trying to get people involved. And uh, But the good thing that came out of all this is I did, um, well, in the beginning of COVID, I read this book by Terrence Maine, um, The Hatred Within. And I totally enjoyed this. I even boasted about it on a couple of episodes before, and I put it up on Facebook. And I'm, I'm sitting here. Yeah, kids, see here. That's what a book sounds like. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I bought it with money, kids. Just like you should pay for your fucking art, and you should pay for your movies, your music, your books. And uh, yeah, support the artist. And guess what? You'll get more. So, Terrence, where did this yes. come from? I got to know, like, um, how much of this was fiction and how much of it was not? Because it seemed real. This does not seem like a fiction story. I would say it's 50-50. <laughs> Interesting. 50-50. Uh, it's, you know, a continuation of some of the stuff that happened from the first book, mm-hmm. The Soul of Fire. Right. Uh, and I think I I had uh, I told you about that a while ago. Yeah, I have it. It was a little depressing. <laughs> eh, well, you know, you get it out in books and writing and music. Oh, That's what we do here. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, no, I'd say it's about 50-50. Um, I just took, you know, random elements of my life that I thought were either funny or sad or whatever, and I fit it into the story, and I just, you know, I wrapped horror around it, <laughs> you know? Well, I yeah, honestly, I, I could see this as a short film. I don't know uh, where you are with that. But uh, anyway, I really enjoyed it, and uh, where, do, where do people get this book? Is it still in print? Uh, yes, it's, it's on Amazon uh, right now. Um, I tried to get it into some bookstores, but a lot of people won't touch me for some odd reason. <laughs> no, I understand that. Uh, right now they're touching me, and I have, I'm really uncomfortable with that. But here's the thing. Um, what was – if you want to give a quick synopsis without killing you know, the story, uh, what, you want to tell people what it's about to entice them? Uh, yeah, sure. It, actually, it is about my uh, mental state after some, some – uh, bad things that have happened and uh some demons i pretty much had to fight in my head Hmm. you know yeah we all got them we all got them (laughs) (laughs) well it was well played and it's a quick read and boy is it oh i came out of it i was like damn i i I was like i I felt like i just listened to a a kurt cobain album that was never produced Well, (laughs) well there's a third one there's actually a third story to that uh Tom doesn't like it because it's my happy ending. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Interesting. It's my happy ending. It's called Denouement. Um, I, I kind of wanted to end the series on sort of a, a, a happy note. You know, not a happy note, but a, you know, more enjoyable one. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, get out of the darkness. Well, you're, 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 a, you're a dad. <laughs> How uh, how's how's everybody's families doing during this COVID nightmare? Uh, for me, it's crazy. <laughs> Tim, uh, everything's been okay. I mean, they didn't don't get to go to work anymore or anything like that. But trying to figure out some stuff. I walk a lot with my son. Um, slowly but surely, the daughter the daughter is starting to get back out again and. Her and I are going to be hitting a theater or two soon. So. Nice, yeah. But it's been t- it take a lot of time for those guys because uh, just for anybody that didn't know, they are special needs, uh, but they are adults now. So 
and my son's about to be drinking age, just so everybody oh, feels old. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Tom became a breakout movie star during all this. Yes, he is. Let's hear it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know about a movie star, but I was in uh, Maddie Daring's Spirit Animal. And uh, I also got a part in her next movie, uh, Trash Removal. So I don't know about yeah. Star, though. Yeah, short film, and don't forget, you're probably going to be in Bathtub Shark also. I love that there's actually a movie called Bathtub Shark. Yes, that, it's probably not going to happen until March, but that is another one I'm going to uh, I'm gonna be in also. I'm playing a plumber in that one. Perfect. Perfect. So you're, you're, the, you're the Captain Quint, huh? Uh, something like that. <laughs> Please make sure you have a bathtub story where, like, a ship goes down. <laughs> I, 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 I just can't. That would be wonderful. I can't. Or, or, or the one person that survives was in a bathtub that floated, you know? Yes. All right. So moving on. Um, so Tom mentioned uh, Maddie Deering. Now, that this brings us to this, um, well, the Willow Station, that this thing happening. Or is it is yes. it still happening? Yes. Okay, so this is like a mini gross fest. Well, yeah, sort of. It is literally testing the waters, uh, seeing if a small free event, uh, not only to help promote uh, people like yourself, Mr. Fairhead, and Christine Solstice, and the Silvios, and Maddie Deering. That way people could come, buy some books, buy some movies, meet some really cool local people that are uh, kind of local celebrities. And not only that, get to check out a newer place, check out yep. some food specials, the beer, uh, chiller theaters can be playing on the TVs in the background Sweet. while it's playing night of the living dead. Yes. I have a DVD of it. <laughs> so, you know, just want to do that for an afternoon. And that's why I called it like the little Halloween warm up. And later on that night at the Willow station, I will be emceeing a Halloween costume contest. Oh really? They're going to be doing also. Oh, very cool! And this is Halloween Halloween weekend, right? It's the the day before yes. Halloween itself. Yeah, uh, Christine, yes. I'm glad I'm glad Christine's going to be there. Christine Soltis, uh, you know, well, she's a regular on this show. It's been a while, but yeah, she's been a co-host and you name it. But I'm glad she's going to be there. She's another great author, folks. Now this is very local uh, Pittsburgh. You know, like I don't know, six miles south of the city itself, Castle Shannon, the Willow mm -hmm. Station. And Tim, I got to tell you, this is that's the first place I ever had a signing with my first book, um, yes. way yeah. back when, when it was someone else's bar, and it was yeah. it was a lot of fun, just a lot of fun, and um, yeah, it's like a homecoming for me. I, I remember you signing books there. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it was fun. It was just a great time, and what, what a really cool place. And I've been there since. The food's still amazing, and uh, the service was great. And I ha you go there anyway, don't you? Yeah, I go there usually once a week, if not twice. Uh, my son and I sit at the bar, get some takeout food, have a few beers, <laughs> head back home, and then every once in a while, friends that come in or want to check out like just a new place, I take them over there. So, and then that was how I got the idea. It was like, hey, we're gonna do this, and then I was like, hey, if you let us do this, can I do Jagoff Massacre on the patio? Ooh. And they were all like, yes. Oh, <laughs> really? Yes. That's awesome. So permits were signed. Uh, <laughs> Not quite. Talking, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be careful here. <laughs> yes. No. They, uh, they, uh, 
it's going to be outside. It's going to be on the patio uh, October 8th at 730. Uh, I open it with Hexercise, and then you get to your feature Jagoff oh, Massacre. Hexercise. Big fan. Yes, love that movie. I, it's one of my favorite short films of all time. I bought uh, that at your la- at Grossfest. At, I met the guy. Uh, what's his name? Matt Cannon. He was Matt amazing. Cannon. Oh, that's just an amazing little DVD. It was like a half hour long, I think. Uh, the short film is 19 minutes, and then there's a little couple other little extras on it. So, yeah, it's probably about a half hour. Wonderful stuff. Yeah. Uh, I have a poster of it sitting in my dining room. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, as so- soon as he sent it to me to ju- as a screener, I was like, thank you for making a movie that pays homage to the whole four or five aerobics movies that were made during the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah that missing gap <laughs> yes <laughs> all right so hey tom how have you been spending your time during covid uh just hanging out with tim or staying away from tim <laughs> no i i hang out with tim sometimes you know and uh just trying to get through this get back to normal i don't even know what normal is anymore but yeah, so all right, so you're in these films, um, Maddie Deering. Are are these films available? Is she going to be selling them at Willow Station? Or uh, yes, yes. I actually have a box of spirit animals that okay. I will be taking to uh, not only Moundsville, West Virginia, this Saturday with me, but I will be taking to Cinema Wasteland. But yes, there will be more more copies at the Willow Station when we do that event October 30th. I'm so jealous, man. Cinema Wasteland. That was like one of the best times of my life. Um, and this is kind of sad, but true. But last time I was there, uh, Jack Ketchum was there. And um, mm. I was, uh, I got, he gave me his, his agent's card and we were talking. He was going to come on the show. I was going to have him and he died within a month after that happened. Like after oh, I got, soon? after yeah. we connected. I remember, I remember yeah. him being there and just talking to him. He was so great. He was yeah. so great. I've read all his books. I, have, I own all of them. I don't know if you guys are fans. I, I I dabbled. I've never gotten really got into his books like Stephen King or Dean Kuntz. So right, I did I did all that, but he's much much more visceral. And I will say this: yes. the woman, the book, the woman, the film is available on uh, Prime, I think. And one of the girls from uh, Walking Dead plays the woman. She's amazing. Um, the Offspring. That is a. These are rough films. I I don't recommend these to squeamish people. Have you seen The Offspring? Yes. You, what do you how do you feel it's like the hills have eyes but turned up a notch um yes and no i i always have a soft spot in my heart for the hills have eyes because i thought it was done the original not the remake mm-hmm. oh god no no i don't touch that uh but uh it just it was done the right way for the time that it happened in 1977 mm. his the offspring yeah, I see how it gets compared to Hills Have Eyes a lot. I didn't. I, I, I just did I just, that on a whim. I, I wasn't really thinking. No, uh, but I see it. People do bring that up, and it just. I feel like it's in a parallel universe. If there wasn't a Hills Have Eyes, mm. like I do, I, I personally do not compare it. But I know other people that have. Um, I understand why. Uh, it's just I think it's it is different enough to me at least mm-hmm. that it's the movies are completely it's like comparing apples and oranges at okay times. yeah no i'm with I, I read the book and then i watched the movies and i know ketchum was not happy with the offspring he was not happy with uh and he's in it he plays a bartender yeah. at one point yeah. 
And yeah, he 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 didn't like he liked it, but he said there's some things about the screenplay he wasn't happy with. Anyway, that's a little. Hey, we're coming on Halloween, folks. That's why I got these guys on right now. Long time coming. Now let's start with Terrence here. Um, movies or books? What are you reading or watching right now, Terrence? Uh, I really don't have time much for every anything. I've been because your your speedo is too tight. Oh well, yeah, that too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> trying to get my dad bod going here. Um. You know, yeah. working a lot and with a new baby in the house, it just takes up a lot of time. And I've learned real quick when they go to bed, I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Whole new set of horror. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right, yes. Tom. But so... I have started writing a new book. <laughs> oh, well, that's important. <laughs> You're not going to tell yeah, us. Yeah, I started doing that a couple months ago. It's a real slow process because, like I said, kids and work, but, <laughs> you know, got some of the juices flowing. <laughs> yeah i'd say yeah you probably got some hidden frustrations there that you can't wait to put down on paper oh yeah but this <laughs> one's more comedic i think <laughs> how about you tom uh movies books what's going on right now uh i actually got two movies i need to watch Ooh, and okay that i just got one of them's uh beyond dark dreams by uh joseph ruscio i don't know this yeah i, I can't is... wait to yeah, watch that. he does a lot of stuff with Maddie. Yeah, he's the cameraman for. Yeah, uh, very talented. Oh, cool! So I can't wait to see that. And I just got a uh, Carousel the Second, which I'm very excited uh, yes. to watch. Also. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, yes, our buddy. He's been on these airwaves before. Watched it twice already. Is it is it better than the first? Um, the best thing that, that I could say about it, and this, I don't know if he's caught the post. Steve even admitted that he was crying in his backyard. I said to Steve, I was like, the first one you gave me, House of a Thousand Corpses. I read this post. <laughs> then you gave me The Devil's Rejects. Oh. It's like, if anybody gets that reference, you understand. I do. Absolutely. You have two very well done different movies. And that's what's brilliant about it. I just hope he doesn't do Three from Hell. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Three from well, Carousel. Sid dead, so it can't help it. And we're talking about folks. Or just just three from hell, make it better. Just, just so you know, folks, we're talking talk about Steve Radzinski's um, Caris Hell. All right, yes. which we did see. I saw. I was at the premiere uh, Cinema Wasteland. I don't talk about it much because I really pissed Steve off that night. Didn't mean to, but but it happened. <laughs> um, and uh, the sequel I have not seen yet, and I really want to. And I yeah, I I, I think he's brilliant. I enjoy his stuff. I, he's just always well, mad at just me. Just for uh, the listeners, October 10th at the Hollywood Theater, 4 o'clock. It's showing. Okay. You hear that, folks? Hollywood Theater. Dormont, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, man, that's the place. That's the place to see everything. I saw a screen park there. I saw a lot of our friends who made films there. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yes, a lot of our friends do show films at that Dormont Theater, Hollywood. And folks, if you want some nostalgia, that is where they did Perks of Being a Wallflower during the whole Rocky Horror Picture Show scene. And yes. that's for people not from this town. Um, now, okay, I, I'm currently reading, although, Tim, we, we do have to get to you on that. I think you kind of covered it. But what, are you reading anything right now or are you just strictly watching films? Uh, watching stuff mainly, but I have read a couple other scripts for a couple other short films. Like literally, I don't know how this happened, but I might be the busiest I've ever been in my entire life. Oh, okay. If that makes sense. No, that makes yeah. perfect sense. And the sad part was during that 
during the past several months for no apparent reason because i never felt like i was going to write another tales from the gross side since we're doing the movie right now (laughs) uh pretty much have finished up another tales from the gross side book okay um do you want to give a quick synopsis to the novices out there about this uh tales from the gross side was literally just stuff rolling around my head unfinished scripts uh stories that i would sit there and dream about and just stuff i would jot down and finally after about a dozen years of writing reviews i got bored i started writing them terrence remembers the very first story i wrote and uh just everything and anything uh just writing stuff like anything from stuff like we are going to have in the movie pink eye to horror story <laughs> to swordy sasquatch <laughs> i go through uh i even have like bisexual werewolves of course, uh, guys of course. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yes pink eye is actually about terrence actually. oh christ wait you you wrote a film about terrence I wrote yeah. a short story about Terrence, and then Dan turned it I'm not sure script. how to do butt stuff. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> yes. Oh That's no. That's how he gets pink eye all the time. Oh yes. man, that was like an '80s like urban legend. Yes. Oh, oh it's true. <laughs> it's true. You, it's, it's damn true. Terrence. Yes, it's damn. As Kurt Angle would say, it's damn true. Oh God. <laughs> But yeah, this is stuff that would roll around in my head, and finally one day I just started writing, and it is completely different outlet uh i i david you probably know being an author yourself when you go to write something in a different direction you just find yourself in a different realm and literally uh what's very funny is when i sit there and write this story and put it down and know i'm finished finished on editing doing whatever literally i will forget about it and i will go back two weeks later just to reread it to make sure i wrote the story yeah i didn't imagine it yeah, that's the equivalent of, of sometimes turning on your computer and saying, oh, my God, I don't remember writing that. And yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that, yeah, too. Because, yeah, because there is stuff in there. And part of it uh, goes back to um, the failed Jagoff Massacre 2 project. Mm. And uh, Michael Verratti, who's now in Hollywood, kids, uh, Yeah. who emailed me the one day and asked us for doing it. And at that time, we shot so much of it. And I was like, hey. You did, you you did the monologue in the first first movie, just like you know, uh, just like uh, what's his name plays Dan Fielding on Night Court, John Larroquette for <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's like, can you write me something? I will do it over Skype for you. And it came out great. I sat down, uh, drank a few beers, and literally wrote something else in seventy minutes. And Michael Verratti's like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever read. Oh wow. <laughs> And it was just like that kind of like sparked the interest to go back and start writing stuff outside of reviews. And I love doing it. And now we're making a movie based on four short stories. And just for the fans, we are tying in Jagoff Massacre into this. That's awesome. Can people get Jagoff Massacre right now streaming wise or do they have to buy the DVD? No. Basically, you gotta find Dan or myself, or we have a little website called Drunken Yinzers Productions. <laughs> you look it up on Google, you'll find it. Um, 
Uh, we sell the DVD through there or just various events like the Jagoff Massacre screening. I'm going to have that and I'm going to have our other feature, Blood Freak, with us, which because of the yes. pandemic, we're only finally starting to get that out there and people seeing it. Yeah, so, I, I wanted to ask about that. That's uh, Charlie Fleming involved? Yes, uh, he a lot of people were involved. He is uh, he plays Pops and owns a turkey farm. Of course. Uh, for those who have uh, had the pleasure or not the pleasure of watching the original Blood Freak from 1972, yeah. uh, Dan came up with the idea of remaking it because uh, we believe everyone's dead. <laughs> so, uh, but um, people that are huge fans of it, like uh, Ken Kish from Cinema Wasteland, which was just the most hilarious email that I've read in a long time. Literally, our acceptance for that movie was... He's like, God damn it, Tim. I can't believe somebody went and remake Blood Freak. <laughs> He's like, you guys were the only ones that was going to do it. And you made it better somehow. Um, I believe that. And I came across uh, the original um, in the middle of the night after being rather spirited. And I was like, oh, the guys from Jagoff Massacre, they finally made it. This is awesome. And it was the original from 72. And yes. I knew you guys were remaking it, but I thought that was it in my mind i'm like this yeah, is no we, <laughs> we, we we condensed it let's say is the best thing we could say about it Blood. we figured out a way to condense it uh if you're paying attention to it a lot of the characters are from the jagoff massacre universe as we've Good. called it now the jagoverse yes and in, uh, a lot of the stuff we uh, did in Jagoff Massacre 2, we just like uh, moved people around and had them play different roles and different things like that so we could fit them in. So, and now with Tales from the Gross Side, we're literally going to be having everybody and anybody that's going to be in this movie. Will Tom be in it? Yes. Actually, <laughs> I have plans to have Tom in every segment of the movie. It's an anthology. Every segment. Yes. <laughs> He's, I, I can't see him shaking his head right now, but I feel it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right. Listen, folks, uh, thanks for sticking with us right now. We're going to go to a commercial here and come right back with Tim, Tom, and Terrence. God, I hate saying that. Uh, the, the Gross Festians, also known as Gross Fest, which will be coming back large, huge, and I, dynamic. I can't wait till next year when all this is over and we can get back to Gross Fest and having good horror conventions. Till then, yes. we'll keep you entertained with books and movies, and we'll get right back to you. Thanks for listening. I'm not afraid of the dark. But you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle, fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www. 
www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Discussing what was going on in society, historically, in the 1970s that caused the horror films that we appreciate so much, we brought up Vietnam as one example because all these fuckers were Vietnam vets and came back crazy. And thus they made the movies they made. I also wanted to bring up the impact of No Fault Divorce, which was legalized in California in 1970. And the hockey stick-like explosion of divorces in the early to mid-70s as another factor influencing the content of horror films at that time. Suddenly you get lots of demonic possessions of children, lots of horror scenarios involving families, broken families, or families that are in danger of breaking up, and the entrance of demonic forces in that context. The demonic forces, of course, being symbolic for the entrance of outside predators in the form of step-parents, boyfriends, etc., who have taken advantage of the opportunity and are now preying on the innocent who they now have access to. In the same way that we had an explosion of child abuse in the 1970s perpetrated by step-parents, we have this new emphasis on the demonic possession of children in 1970 cinema. The whole nuclear family is suddenly at risk. Now the monster was not out there. It was in here. It was present immediately, intimately, in our own homes, and no one would believe us, including the people we trusted the most. I remember watching the final episode of The Night Stalker, a television show that ran from 1973 to 1974 and is commonly considered a precursor to The X-Files, called The Sentry, which was about a lizard creature living in the walls of an underground facility. I missed the fact that it was an underground facility and thought it was just a monster in the walls. And I remember the final lines of Kolchak's narration chilling my blood but if you're in a subway or a pedestrian tunnel underneath a ballpark and you think you hear something moving in the walls it may not be your imagination take my advice don't walk run this is hb3 hb3 live at instagram and facebook of man rests on a delicate balance between reality, the world of light, and the other, darker world below the threshold of consciousness. When you close your eyes, is it how you see? Give the warm, give the reddish, give the sedge, and give the soul, give it back and see.
listening folks i've got to ask because these are the experts right here i am currently reading romero's last book the living dead are you guys familiar with this yeah uh-oh that was i mean s- i've heard of it i haven't read it so that's tom what right? is this again the living dead by george romero it's his last work oh no i have not i, 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 I know it exists i am just you're tired of not you're done yeah <laughs> Well, no, it's his last work. It's a, it's a hardcover. It's 600 pages. It, it, it is an endeavor, and he does change a lot of his own, um, well, uh, he changed the game in his final book. It's, it's rather interesting, um, and it's good. I'm sure somebody's going to make a movie. It'll be terrible, but um, the book itself is really good, and it just, my God. Um, so none of you are you're not familiar with The Living Dead. Now, isn't yeah. his making some movies, though, by, based off of his work? Yeah, they're doing some weird ones, though. Like, his son, I think, is involved with some stuff. Of course he is. Yeah. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> different read. Like, wasn't he supposed to do a sequel or something? Well, what I hear... Also, they're also remaking everything. Yeah. What, what, what I hear... Wasn't there a trailer with a sequel to Night of the Living Dead, but it had uh, what's-her-names from uh, Dawn of the Dead? Hmm. Got me on that one. Tim, you know what I'm talking about. What's that again? again? With the shotgun, mm. Lori Cardell and uh, oh. Terry Alexander. Oh, yeah, because they are supposed to be a part of, I think it's Day of the Dead TV series. I thought it was supposed to be something with the new Night of the Living Dead that he was doing. Yeah, you're, yes, they're remaking Night of the Living Dead. I don't know. It's something. Hmm. I, all you need to know as... A lot of Living Dead fans should call BS on it. Cause mm. I'm sorry. Leave it alone. Unless you're gonna do something like Tom Savini did in 1990, uh, you're not adding anything to it. Well, I heard this weird thing um, that I think his son's involved with this one, where there's uh, zombies racing cars. Did you hear about this one? <laughs> no. no. Well, just so you know, there's some credibility there, because in the book that I'm reading, Romero makes mention of um, um, car racing zombies. So I'm thinking uh, maybe that's going to be a project. I I don't understand it myself, but okay. Neither do I, and I hate to say it, I don't have much faith in his son bringing stuff like that to the screen. 
Yeah, with that one. Yeah, car racing zombies. All right. I have a film here I watched, and I paid to watch this thing. Uh, have you any of you seen Censor? No. No. None of you? Shoot. Mm-hmm. Heard of it, but I don't. Okay. I not seen it. Well, I saw it, and it was incredibly uh, disappointing. Uh, really good premise about a film editor watching, um, well, she's a censor in, in Britain, watching films that are offensive, and that she has to cut out or label them, whether they're NC-17 or too offensive to, to play. And then she comes across a film that may or may not be her sister in a snuff film. Great premise. And boy, yeah. do, boy, do they ruin it. Oof. That kind of, it kind of sounds similar to a movie called The Editor that came out a few years ago. Oh, well, there you go. They stole it. Uh, yeah, it's it's really disappointing. However, I did like Love and Monsters. Have you any of you seen that? Yes. And? Nope. <laughs> it was decent. It was it, decent. I smell franchise there. I think I definitely a sequel and I see series for two seasons. Not that that would be good, but I did. I no, enjoyed I, it. I just, the biggest thing is when you get into that, it, it, the biggest thing is there's a much better chance of it being ruined <laughs> than it is actually expanding Indeed. and making something really cool. And well, last on my list of things I've watched recently, um, Tim, you had to have seen this one. 1973's The Baby. Yeah, it's been a very long time. Oh, my God. It's been a long time since I've seen that. It was rated... like I probably dusted off a VHS cover. <laughs> it's on Shutter right now. It's on Shutter. Um, PG thirty. I'm sorry. It's rated PG. It should not be rated PG. Oh, there's a lot of stuff that shouldn't be rated PG, like Grizzly from William yeah. Girdler, and but you get to see a kid's leg get ripped off by a bear. Right? Was that wait? Uh, Killer Grizzly, the first one. No, uh, it, it was just called Grizzly. Grizzly, yeah, I own that yes. one, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's messed up. And then Grizzly 2, the never-produced film, I have that as well. <laughs> yeah, did you end up, uh, did you get suckered in for the 20 bucks or whatever it was on the Blu-ray? Nope, 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 very much a bootleg. <laughs> yes, uh, keep your bootleg, because yeah. that Blu-ray version that they claim was finished, uh no. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's called waste of money. <laughs> yeah. That's called it's called somebody figured out how to get all the rights together and they uh put it got it pulled out put out there somebody was looking for a paycheck. Interesting. No, I got it from a, a very close friend of ours and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, no, that's fine because the, <laughs> that one they got out there now uh yeah, it's cleaned up in spots, but you're looking at a lot of trees. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so Beavis and Butthead filmed it. Uh, somebody that decided they figured if they shoot 10 minutes of stock footage. Oh, God. With a, uh, uh, what's the, what everybody has now that I was bitching about a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember now. Uh, not a GoPro, but the other thing everybody loves to have and it flies and it films and yeah, a lot of that stuff. That's the drone. A, go ahead. What's that? The drone. Yeah. Yeah. Does it suck? A lot of a lot of shots of the woods. Ah, oh, boo! That's like you know what? That goes back to a movie called Revenge of the Dead. That's been called several other like Hell of the Dead. It's a terrible, yes. terrible Italian film where yes. tons of stock footage of animals being eaten or killed by um I don't know shark fighting the zombie. Yeah. Well, that that was actually in yeah that was another one. Uh, that was zombie. 
this was uh, this was just terrible where they had a SWAT team in like Africa. I, I nothing made sense. Um, anyway, that yeah, all they did was stock footage of animals being killed, and that also I think Zombie Holocaust, same thing. They got in trouble for that one, I believe. Yeah, they uh, for Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, there's yeah. A, uh, the three disc Blu-ray of Cannibal Holocaust. They really get into all that stuff and how Diodato got blackballed and literally the Italian government, I believe arrested him. Oh my God. And he paid the actors to actually, uh, basically disappear. Oh my God. Yeah. When... Bring him to the courtroom. Yeah. He had to bring to them in to do anything to him. Yeah. To prove that they were still alive or he was basically going to jail for life. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. There, the, the, the cannibal Holocaust, uh, Blu-ray, uh, set is amazing uh i understand it's not the movie for everybody but blair witch project stole this idea and hmm. no cannibal holocaust no blair witch project man i can see that and the ending of cannibal holocaust is what possibly i would literally say possibly the top five endings for any movie i've ever watched Wow. Okay. If you, if you get through it to the end, you don't mind the animal death. Take my word on it. The ending makes that movie amazing. Really? Okay, that's the first yes. for me. Wow. Yes, because it, everybody always talks about, well, they killed the turtle on camera and blah 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 blah, and the other stuff, and it's just it's gory. It's not as gory as you think. Yeah, it gets a little graphic at times. It's it, but it is there is a story going on and the story is uh americans suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I kind of feel that way sometimes <laughs> but yeah and we're talking 78 79 when this is being done and like i said that the ending for cannibal holocaust is what makes it for me more than anything i was always a fan of the movie but that ending uh, as the years have gone on Everybody always likes to talk shocking endings or just, you know, endings that will stick with you. I dare you to tell me that ending doesn't stick with you because it's like, that is great. That is awesome. Damn. Because I don't want to get, if you've not never watched it, I don't want to give it away because I want to see you squirm when you watch some of the stuff that goes down. See, I've never seen the Blu-ray. I've never seen, like, I've never seen it how it's supposed to be seen. We'll just oh, say, it's yeah. wonderful. I got to see an unrated version, 35mm, at the Oaks Theater 10 years ago. Damn. Wow. Yes, it was a double feature with Cannibal Ferox. Oh, oh, I did see that one. Yeah, it's like one of the, it's one of those trips to the theaters uh, that you always hear stories about, like w whether it was The Exorcist or you know those types of movies back in the day. Uh, yeah, people left the theater. <laughs> oh wow! Um, yes. I will say this: I saw um, well that happened twice to me. Um, I got thrown out of a theater watching Demons um, way back when. Demons was one of the first unrated films in New York that, you know, if you were under 17, you shouldn't be in the theater. I got in, and the manager of the theater actually walked in the theater and threw me and my friend out because we looked underage, and we were. But they sold us tickets, but they threw us out. So we went the next night to another theater and got in. <laughs> you 
now. Yeah. So he saw Dario Argento's Demons. But that also happened with um, well, a, a couple of films. But uh, Day of the Dead was one of them. Um, you couldn't get into that unless you were, like, of age. But uh, I, I had a question. I, this is for all of you because there's such a resurgence of these films. And I there's so many bad ones. And then you know, once in a while, one out of ten is good. Where do you, where do you guys stand with Sasquatch films right now, and is there a good one? I mean, Boggy, Boggy Creek is still a favorite of mine. It's classic. Um, are there good Sasquatch films? I have yes. <laughs> yes, there is. Hit me yeah, up. Yeah, there's good ones. Help me out here, please. Uh, there's one called Valley of the Sasquatch, made by John Portanovo about three years ago. Did not see that. A indie filmmaker producer. He's made. Uh, he was made another one called Found, which is a little like sadistic, kind of on the side of cannibal holocaust hmm. stuff, uh, which was really well done. Um, but yeah, Valley of the Sasquatch is definitely one of them. Big Legends, another one. Oh, I like Big recently. Legend, and I like Willow Creek. I hate Willow Creek. You don't like Bobcat Goldwaite's film. I like Bobcat Goldwith. I just don't like Willow Creek. Okay, okay, that's fair. I just, um, I I hate to say it, but uh, the the local film Bigfoot uh, that was made here called Bigfoot the movie that uh, yeah, you take out Pittsburgh Dad, and it, but the sad part is it's a decent film, but their biggest issue was, and even the director admitted to it. The whole love montage, riding uh, three wheelers in the woods, it lasted like ten and a half minutes, and it just took away from the impact of how cool that movie was. Yeah, you told me that back then. Um, I think yeah. we were at the hotel. Was that that was during? Um, ooh, not Gross Fest. The other one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. It was that one. Yeah, because Opie from uh, Sons of Anarchy was there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling yeah. me that. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they, you got to look. The, not all Bigfoot movies are created equal. No, they're not. I agree. Um, I, I've never seen Boggy Creek 2. Is that? It just seems like that would be a waste of my time. It, it is. It's kind of, it's a more of like a, just trying to grab whoever actually seen the first one. Kind of okay. like, hey, you spent money on this. You're going to want to see this. And you actually don't. Um <laughs> <laughs> but if you want a cheesy movie that doesn't make a lick of sense, uh, called Bigfoot from '09, it's a basically a Disney movie. Oh no! Made by the same guy that made Witchboard and Night of the Demons. Oh wow! Okay. It stars Richard Tyson from Three O'clock High and <laughs> Angie Everhart. Get out of they here! Are, they are parents of a kid. Who find, who's bullied, finds Bigfoot out in the woods, and literally, I am not lying, they stole the Harry and the Henderson's Bigfoot costume to have in this movie. And you said Angie Everhart. Yes. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. Probably since Bordello of Blood. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, what about Hitler and the Bigfoot? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the Hitler Bigfoot movie with Sam Elliott was wonderful. Oh, God. Yeah, that was um now wait a second i saw that um well advertised uh really it's not really worth watching is it yes it is what? Yes, it's it is. good it's really wonderful yes yes 
Wow, but who's it appealing to? Because it seems like such a tongue-in-cheek title. Okay, I don't want to spoil it. Oh, boy. But put it this way. You need to know. Bigfoot has AIDS. (laughs) Of course. Of course he does. I mean, it is the most serious thing. I'm not trying to make light of it. You said Sam Elliott? (laughs) Just saying that should make you want to go watch the movie. And also, it's at Walmart for $3.74. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I asked for it. I really did. I did ask for it. Uh, Tom, any uh, input here? Do I listen to these guys? Yes, it's a very good movie. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, it's it's in my watch list, if you can believe that. Um, Yeah. All right. Sure, I'll give it a shot. Uh, hmm. Sam Elliott. I mean, come on. <laughs> I love Sam Elliott. Uh, all right, how about Exists? Did you guys dislike Exists? Or did you not see Exists? I did not see it. Oh, Bigfoot movie. Made by the Blair Witch people, I believe. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Sort of found footage, but not. So, Tim, I, I did notice that your home was recently um, sieged by goats. Um, is that a reflection of your satanic storylines or just a mere coincidence? Uh, well, like I said, that was somewhere else, but I do have two goats in the backyard. Okay. How does that happen? What? Goats in the backyard? Your own goats? Uh, they're the neighbor's goats, but I oh, okay. them because I feed them constantly and go drink beer with them. I was going to say, that was a lot of goats. Um... <laughs> yeah, that was a, yeah, where I was at, yeah, there was a ton of goats, but that was in the city limits. <laughs> okay, so that makes it legal, I guess. I guess. All right. Now I got to ask Terrence. Um, uh, curious, have you harnessed your recent obsession with your speedos? And um, is this like a new incredible fashion sense that you have? Because you are quite popular in, in your speedos, patriotically, of course. I'm sexy, and I know it. <laughs> uh, as long as you're proud of it. You're in his head. Do you get more hits? Do you get more hits that way? Oh, my God. I, I had people, when I was on the corner, uh, waving the flag around, you know, showing my patriotism there. Yeah, that's uh, what I call it. Sin. I had a neighbor coming up feeding me beers because I was so damn patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got some new fans out of that one. Um, hey, I'm getting my whole family to go in on this. <laughs> yeah, I noticed they back you up somehow. I, hey, I'm trying. I, I talked to my nine-year-old about trying to get a Speedo on, and oh, no. he wouldn't do it. No, no, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. All right. Next year, I'm looking for a Borat singlet. <laughs> All right. Mindless drones. Break us into the zombies. They control us.
this is a, a, another film question for you guys. Um, are you all buying into this, like, pay nineteen ninety nine to see a movie that's in the theater right now, supposedly? Um, you know, in theaters, pay nineteen ninety nine now to see it. Are you guys doing that, or are you just waiting or saying, screw that? I'm waiting. A lot of the movies I want to see end up on HBO Max. So. That's what, <laughs> yeah, well, that's part of it. And, I mean, you have to pay that subscription to see that film. Uh, but yeah, and then Disney will make you pay 19 bucks for something in the theater right now. Um, I don't yeah, know. I, Tim, where do you stand with this uh, paying a fee to see something in the theater? That's in the uh, theater. I'm, I'm waiting, and I will go to the theater because like Halloween Kills, the big rumor is uh, Paramount Plus picked that up. So I'm guessing they shelled out a crap load of money for that to happen. They're yeah. taking a chance on that. So, but I'm going to go see Halloween Kills in the theater. I, it's just, all it is, is it's going to have, I understand why people do it, but give it a week. Yeah. Stop it. Stop giving them $20. It just, and because the other thing is Disney is getting what they wanted. They're yeah. making you not only pay for this, uh, the subscription, they're making you pay for the movie that you're going to see on the subscription anyhow right i yeah. don't i don't get it no i, I don't get it either uh my neighbor paid 30 dollars for that new rock movie <laughs> uh, off of uh the disney thing which i just can't even seem to grasp <laughs> <laughs> tom where do you stand with this no i'll wait for the movie i'm not paying all that money yeah. Once you have a mm-hmm. su- subscription. Uh, yeah. I just, and, and Tim, back to that. I have no desire to see that Halloween movie. I didn't even know it was coming I out. Do. I know you do. I, I, I'm a big Halloween movie fan. I am too. I, but I, I love all of them except the Buster Rhymes one. Buster Rhymes. That's a bad yeah, one. You admit, though, that newest one, come on. That, that was terrible. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was. Stop it. No. Stop it need to watch more movies no it wasn't well it was terrible i'm not going to disagree oh. with either one of you but um it, how do you it feel had such a feeling of a halloween sequel that was what was great about it oh, you know what i'll give you that <laughs> but the way that they just tried to i want to say almost rewrite history and almost honest to god that movie was almost a mashup of one and two put together I mean, you have to admit that. Are we going to get into conversation about Rob Zombie's piece of shit? I was just going to ask you, have you seen Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie? Yeah, I did. I wasn't impressed. I'm one of the only ones who liked that movie. It's, I like it. I'm it's a good soundtrack, impressed. too. I like the soundtrack. Okay, no. You know what? I like that movie for one simple reason. Okay? First things first, Rob Zombie's first Halloween, I thought he took it in his own little white trash direction and I thought it was really good for his version. Two, he totally took the story completely off the rails of what John Carpenter would do, and he made it his own. That's what I liked about it. It was the idea. It shouldn't have been called Halloween. Hmm. What's that? It, it shouldn't have been called Halloween. Well, that's just like Three from Hell shouldn't have been part of the... the no, it shouldn't. That was a dumb-ass freaking decision right. to respond with that. But honest to God, if you look at it, okay, maybe if you don't look at it as a Halloween movie and you look at it as separate, like standalone, I thought but, it was really good. But the only thing I can't, that it's called Halloween. Now, if it's called Crazy Fucked Up Kid, yes, it's a wonderful movie, but it's not. <laughs> All right, so what? Both ways. Come on, it was, you gotta you gotta admit that it was good for what it was. No, Seriously. no, it was literally the first half 
Okay, and here, let's go away from even what I was about to say. <laughs> Terrence? Go ahead. What was the point of the first Halloween movie that John Carpenter made? What do you mean? As in just the... The, 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 the killer was not supposed to have a backstory. It's the boogeyman. That's no, why I he's get, called the shape. I get shape. that, but actually, yeah. by saying that it's not supposed to have a backstory... It somewhat did have a backstory. I mean, he kind of shows you that in the very beginning of the movie. Yes, very quickly, but not fully explaining everything that we needed killer crazy kid. Now, if you want to call it, you know, crazy fucked up kid, yes, it's a great movie. But the second half of it is literally a remake and fast forward. You mean at the first, the first Rob yes. Zombie? Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. I... You know what? No, see, I still I liked it. Matter of fact, I thought he should have took the first one and cut it into two movies because I liked the whole backstory. That was intriguing to me. All white trash part of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not I'm not going to lie. I I enjoyed that, too. And here's the sad part. If you like those, then you should like all the other Halloween movies, because the one thing it did come out of Rob Zombie's movies, they kind of felt like a Halloween sequel. Not like a remake. <laughs> but you know what, though? Okay, and I, I'm with you. I did like a lot of the Halloween movies, except for the Buster Rhymes one. <laughs> and, I mean, I just don't see the hate. I, I think people literally hate them movies just to jump on the bandwagon. I don't see it. I don't. I oh, thought dude, it- there is a podcast out there, literally, that we did the night I went to see the remake. And what I'm saying now is when I'm saying what I said then. I do not change my mind on many movies. Every once in a while I do. That is one I will never change my mind on. I just think... I I think Rob Zombie is good for horror movies because it has people like us on one side or the other side. True. But also bad with stuff like 31 where he's like hey people give me some money to make my movie even though i am worth over 50 million dollars oh no 31 wasn't that good at all i think me and you had a conversation about yes oh that was that was a travesty i think it was one of those movies it was okay we seen it glad we seen it won't watch it again we're done with it (laughs) but with the halloween i think it's just one of those things and I hate to say it, but I think the same thing is going to happen with the Monsters movie that he's doing. Hmm. That I think people just jumped on the bandwagon just to jump on the bandwagon. I don't think that it was actually given a chance, seeing as how beloved the original is. Honestly, nah, I, I, I didn't jump on any bandwagon. All right, uh, listen. I'm curious about this because I just did this. Uh, we 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 uh, we show uh, we do Halloween movies. Well, from now through. The end of October, um, and I had uh, some youngins over, uh, meaning uh, my co-host Sean, who's obviously not here tonight because he's mad yeah. at me. But that's another story. But Sean and Heather were over, and I showed my second favorite werewolf movie of all time, The Howling, the original. I have the yes. director's cut. Um, I love that film, and it comes across now. You know, we show it to new people. They pick out the, uh, you know, because there's no CGI in the film. They pick out what they think is cheesy. To me, those werewolves were scary like dog soldiers were scary. You know, yes. they they were so good. And American Werewolf in London is by far the best transformation scenes of all time. But I put The Howling second as far as werewolf films of all time. Well, okay. you know why they're kind of similar. Damn. Right? 
Okay. This one same. probably makes your head explode. <laughs> you know why they're kind of similar. Yeah, the same uh, effects. Yes. Yeah. Baker started working on the howling. Rick Baker. And then, then cocksucking Landis actually <laughs> wow. bought him away from the howling. Well, the person that came in is Rob Boteen. And Rob Boteen, I think, does a wonderful job. I'm not taking anything away from the werewolf in American Werewolf in London. It's one of the best werewolves ever done. Yeah. Is it the best werewolf movie? Uh, no. No. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Hey, Tim, this will make your head explode, though. Out of the Howling series, honestly, yes. God, I love the fourth one. I thought you were going to say five. Five with the vampire versus no, werewolf. The Rebirth is wonderful. Is that... No, I like the fourth one, the one that's from Australia. The Mars, well, what is it? The, the, the marsupials the... or something? No, oh. the marsupials no that's three. Four is the original nightmare. Yeah, three is, okay, three, well, three is with the nuns. That was horrible. Yeah, because two is my sister is a werewolf. That's terrible. Three is the marsupials. Four is the original nightmare. Five yeah. is the rebirth. Six is freaks. And seven is howling reborn. No, I like, then I like the third one. Actually, oh, man. one is the first one i've ever seen did you notice too that with the third one the the nuns that show up in the first one is that the only segue they have basically (laughs) oh my god probably yeah oh i didn't like that Uh, although two i own the soundtrack to two there's some great early new wave punk rock in there yeah yeah that i agree with. all right so howling okay so howling stands up for us older fans um i think the kids liked it i can't tell i think they're probably making fun of me behind my back but d wallace come on and that whole the beginning in the, the the porno theater like that's creepy as hell yes oh i forgot i'm sorry howling reborn was actually the remake made in the early 2000s which wasn't bad it was pg-13 howling seven is actually new moon rising i'm sorry okay <laughs> i had to had to make a correction. I, dude, you wrote books about it. I think we'll let it go. I think we'll let it go. Um, all right. So let's see. All right. I do. Oh, God. There's so much. All right, do you guys have a favorite film during this COVID thing? Is there Was there a movie that blew you away during this period of time? Or are you guys like stagnant? I have mine if no one has theirs. I, I got to know. VFW. VFW. Yes. Yeah, that was a great movie. That was a good movie. Wow, all three of you. I, I I believe I have watched it now six times. Wow. Since it's come out uh, early last year. Okay. Damn. That was the And are you guys reading anything? I know I've been through that. It's like pulling teeth right here. <laughs> I I really am not. I'm really, really not. And actually when I write when I when I start writing yeah. I can stay with books. Because I don't want to accidentally steal I get or that. an idea. You know what I mean? And no, I do. Don't... Actually, no, Terrence, uh, John Russo will quote you on that. Yeah, no, that's I, I yeah, when I start to write, I tend to stay away from books just for that because I don't want to. You know, I don't want to go onto anybody else's property. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, I was going to say, if anything, um, part of the reason I don't read as many books or read as many as I would like is a lot of times I'm watching so many movies or getting so many screeners or yeah. uh, even writing some of my own stuff, short stories and stuff like that. It just 
when I go to read a book, literally, I want to be able to spend the time reading it. I want to be able to give it a chance to suck me in mm-hmm. like a good horror movie. I want it. I want the book to suck me in. I want the book to make me want to read it after work. Uh, sit mm-hmm. there until I'm about to go go to bed. Forget everything. Be sucked into that world. Um, that's one of the reasons I don't get to read much because I don't because of just work my life in general a lot of times it's at least with a movie you could pause it a book i feel like if you pause it you sit it down you don't get that uh how to say you just don't get that world back especially if you put it down and don't come back to it for a few days Indeed, that's how I am with uh, Romero's book right now, The Living Dead. Um, and again, it was uh, it's him and uh, another guy. I forget the other guy's name, but he fi- he helped finish it up because, of course, Romero passed, and he uh, gave him the rights to go ahead and just this is the direction I want. Finish it like this, and it's a good book. Uh, I, I I don't want to see the film. I don't. I just don't. I could see the film being made, and that they're going to ruin it. I'm sure. Of yeah, it. Well, yeah, because it's not Romero. Yeah. We all we've already had that whole thing of seeing him, and with him not being around, he can't do the John Carpenter thing to go back to yeah. the Halloween thing real quick. He can't go. Ah, oh, yeah, go ahead. Don't care. Give me a million dollars. Go remake my stuff. <laughs> It's now his kid or kids or whoever's out there related to him picking up the money or whoever's claiming to be as a state that's just remaking everything. I think they're just doing it for the for the cash grab, truthfully. I agree. Oh, yeah. well, I agree. Yeah, rem- just like you were saying, Terrence, um, people going after him. People are going to go after the Romero remakes and other stuff, whether it's good or not. I mean – uh, if you pay attention, go back and look at the crap Savini had to put up with the 1990 Night of Living Dead. Mm. And it cracks me up. The people now that say, oh, it's a wonderful film, blah, blah, blah. Where were you? Where were you in 1990 when I said this is one of the best films I've ever watched? Yeah, they weren't. They, they just, weren't around. They it's just, just like the Halloween 3 syndrome where we have a generation of people. It's like, oh, I loved Halloween 3. No, you didn't. You, no, you didn't. Though, yeah. Back then, though, too, you, you were kind of lucky that you didn't have the internet to sit there and, like, bash your product. Mm. I mean. Yeah, but the the whole point is Romero's name is going to sell anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's yeah. always going to be that niche. for Because, I mean, look at even Nicotero doing the creep show. Yeah. Series. And yeah, there is a miss or two in those two seasons, but I feel like he's done a very, very good job of bringing that to life. I enjoy the Creepshow series. I do. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, there's a miss here and there, but I think he's done uh, a wonderful of uh, keeping the Romero and Stephen King spirit alive in that yes and uh, like you you've probably met marty schiff and some of these guys that did living dead weekend and uh they yeah. would tell us that tales from the dark side was actually creep show two a uh, three three creep show yes. three um it's not just that's not just a myth it's coming from the folks that were there <laughs> yeah and i've i've always heard too that the studio wanted to screw with that way too much at times yeah and they, yeah tales from the dark side that that's a good film i, I enjoy that Yes. It's the last time you see uh, Ray Dong Chung, I believe, right? 
I, that I don't know, but that is... Uh, As a gargoyle. That, she was a pretty cool gargoyle, I will say yes, that. Yes, she was. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, so Tim, uh, i got to ask you, too. Are you still obsessed with 80s metal? Yeah. Why not? How do you feel... It's a Tom problem. I, I had tickets to this. Um, Mike Howe, Metal Church's lead singer, second lead singer, died. Are you familiar with Metal Church? A little bit. Tom probably is more than I am. Yeah, I never missed them. I, I saw them actually at Altar Bar uh, a year or two before he died. So, are you a Metal Church fan? Yeah, they, I think they were so underrated. Yes, thank you. Very underrated. I tried to get them on these airwaves, and I've met uh, Vanderhoof a few times, and uh, yeah, it was nice to see them back again. And then uh, my cow. He passes. Um, do you guys uh, ever want to incorporate music into your gross fest situation? We talked about that. Uh, what was it last year, Tim, Tom? Yeah. We talked about that. We talked about uh, when we were going to have it at uh, George Washington, we thought maybe we could have something at the bar, like have a band play. Ah, nice. It was just ideas. That's that's the thing. Like with gross fest, we would throw ideas out there and, you know, maybe something that we'll revisit later down the road. You know, I mean, seeing is that we're still trying to get our feet off the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. So money being somewhat of an issue, you know, you try to, you know, you just come up with ideas and, you know, somewhere down the road, you just figure you're going to incorporate something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bands add a whole new element to it and also more expense too. And how loud can they be and how long can they play? Oh yeah. And... you Yeah. That, and that's the thing. I think you have to get into is uh what can you do it's right. always the big question exactly and, and especially with bands that brings a whole other different dynamic to do you, it do you think they're gonna have a problem uh <laughs> at, want... go ahead go ahead terrence we've had people that wanted to come and play we've had we've had one guy he, he did a, a horror soundtrack that he he emailed us a couple of times wanting to come and just play during the <laughs> during the event I probably know who that is. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Tom, do you remember? I do not remember. You remember that email, though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I remember the guy's name. I was curious, too, because the Willow Station thing that is happening, uh, the 30th yeah. of October, Willow Station, Castle Shannon. Um, uh, part of my crew, uh, well, me and uh, uh, Bob, Bob Hoagland, we were doing this comic book together, and um, his daughter is one of our our characters but she plays acoustically and i'm wondering do you think they'll let us play let her play acoustically there or is that i don't know if that day but i know they do have been doing like band nights oh and probably more uh, you would have a much better chance of uh, hmm. talking to the people of willow station and asking them okay uh if because i know they've done it on in quite a few saturday nights and have done it even like on a thursday night also okay cool she's really good too yeah, yeah we're talking about uh yeah we're talking about jess um jess yeah. weary yeah yeah, yeah. She, she i was uh set up across from her at living dead one year yeah and she brought her guitar and she was playing and i mean she just was wow <laughs> yeah, she's a female Kurt Cobain, actually. Um, but she played. Uh, she plays my Halloween parties. And uh, Tim, you were here. You may have just missed her when you were yeah. here the last time. Uh, but yeah, she's phenomenal. Yeah, I'll talk to them about that. But yeah, um, this next question could be detrimental for you to answer. I don't know. All three of you, um, have you had any? I'm sure you did. Bad experiences with celebrities when you approach them to do your show. You don't have to use names. 
bad ones. I, I laughed at got a couple. <laughs> What's I can't that? think of any bad ones. Yeah, than, I can't. I can't. There's I ones can't that. I There's just, ones that I, ask for ridiculous things. Yes. But I don't. I can't think of a bad one off the top. I of had a group that got a little diva-ish on me. I'd <laughs> love to hear it. I'm not going to mention names or anything. It's just some, uh, uh, I guess in their eyes, wrong names were put out. And <laughs> hmm. Got a little diva-ish. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Well, I'm glad to hear that you guys are having a good experience, and most of these people want to come back and do Gross Fest um, yes. this time next year. Uh, it's going to be huge, I think. I think what you're building here is, well, you're building it, and people are starving right now. <laughs> so are you, you're going to do the screening room again? Is that in the uh, works? Yeah, it, like I said, it, we have to figure all that out. This is yeah. literally hitting the reset button. We are going to try our best to come back and do everything we want to do. We just got to figure out how we can do this, where we can do this, and what's the date going to be. Right. I mean, uh, I don't see the pandemic exactly going away, which makes things a little tougher. And we no, talked about that earlier in the podcast, David, where yeah. everybody wants their money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, yeah. And we've all, like you said, the reason that you did this, um, and I respected it right away, you made it affordable for the artists. You made it for the artists, about the artists. And uh, we've all worked conventions where, like you said, you know, you paid an exorbitant amount of money, and it just seemed like the institution made the money where you made, you walked away with 20 bucks in your pocket, you know? And yes. Yeah. And you, we've all done it I, now going on for me, at least 15 years, you've done it longer than me. Um, so yeah, you did it for the right reasons and I hope you keep doing it and I can't wait. I'm just so excited. And that's why we're talking about it right now, folks for Halloween. That's why I have these guys on right now. You got a little bit of a horror. I, I don't know. We should probably, you should throw some more things out there. Like people, what else should they be looking for as far as movies? Like right now for the Halloween season, I, anything else on the burners right now? Uh, what is the other one? The one I just watched that I think is a hidden gem, and that is uh, the Manson Brothers Zombie Massacre, I think it's called, that I just watched. Yeah, Manson Brothers Midnight Zombie Massacre. Midnight Zombie Massacre, okay. Yes, that is wonderful. Really? It, yes, it is a hidden zombie a gem. Is it perfect? No. Do you like wrestling in zombies and it done right with some gore and somebody that actually knows what goes on behind the scenes? You're going to enjoy it. Yeah, wrestling and zombies. WZWA, the, my first publication. Four issues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, kids, I could still send you all four copies for free if you hit me up. Trust me. And they're good. So, that, with John, Mr. I mean, John Towers. That's, yeah, that's a fun one. Um, if you're looking indie, real low budget, Ouija Mummy was a lot, surprisingly a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, another one that I just watched recently, uh, Pizza Girl Massacre, which what? has found its way out in the universe finally. Uh, another well-hidden independent gem that's about seven years old but will surprise you actually how good it is <laughs> right the title has me right there tom yes. terrence what do you got i don't got anything <laughs> I, i'm gonna say i know for a fact though you want to get 
Tom Gross's autograph on something before he really blows up the mega stardom this year. <laughs> you yeah. could do that. You could do that at uh, Maddie and Tom's backyard uh, double feature with dinosaurs this weekend. Yeah, I just that know sounds good. That you want to get that autograph before? I mean, you don't know how hard it was to pulling teeth to get him onto this podcast right now. Can't take time out of his busy schedule. I just saw, right. I just saw a new and very bad dinosaur movie um, called Hatched. Are you familiar with this? <laughs> no. Is it like uh, is it like Julie Corman or somebody like that? Uh, they just really reuse CGI dinosaurs, the same three dinosaurs over and over again in like the same three scenes. And it's like this guy, this scientist, he, he does, they do the Michael Crichton thing, but he does it in his house. So these dinosaurs are loose in his mansion. And I was told to watch this by a certain critic and um, me and him, me and him have not, I haven't seen him. We're going to have some words because uh, wow, it was so bad. I haven't dinosaur movie i like jet <laughs> I, david i i take your dinosaurs it makes me it makes it interesting to me to watch that i give you new mexico weed whacker massacre jesus <laughs> okay how do i find that um on amazon like i did yeah Amazon will show anything. I have a dinosaur movie that's a favorite of mine, and I think only Tim might be aware of this one because it is dated. I'm older. Um, I own on DVD The Last Dinosaur. Okay, that's the title. It was only played in Japan on a theatrical version. Otherwise, it was on TV once in America. And I own this DVD, and it's like, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Rankin and Bass. You know who they are. Oh, they yes, made they yes. made live action horror movies, science fiction movies sometimes. But the last dinosaur holds up. It's a good know, good movie. I was gonna say I know what you're talking about. I have never had the pleasure of seeing that. Oh, I'll let you borrow it because and you're gonna want to burn it. And there's no other way to get it. I, and I have been looking for years, and it does hold up. And the monster, the dinosaurs are cool. They do a good job. And uh, Joan Van Ark does the theme song as well as stars in it. <laughs> Knott's Landing fame. There's a little I trivia. I bet you I know who could get it. I, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I didn't get it from him. <laughs> okay. I did not get it from him. All right. Back to things out of print. And we're going to say goodnight here in a little bit here, folks. And I really appreciate you guys being on here, the Gross Festians. Um, I get frustrated when I look up films like The Last Dinosaur. But like, if you go on Prime where they have garbage on there a lot of times yes. but you can't find certain movies like i'm always looking for uh, uh brides of the beast which is also aka island of living terror do you remember that one i do another one i haven't watched in decades but love I it do. i still love it yeah the, the whole bikini atoll situation with radioactivity and trees eating people and guys turning into monsters and sacrifice and blah 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 brides of the beast out of print gone can't find it um, do you guys hit that wall? Are, are there films you're looking for you can't find? Um, to be honest, uh, I have a list of movies that I'm always looking for. Are they out of print or anything of that nature anymore? I think Spookies was mm. my last. But if it is true, what's coming out on Blu-ray Black Friday after Thanksgiving. Oh, that that will be my 
last true movie that I'm looking for right now. Interesting. And that that is Alligator. <sighs> yes. I Yeah, cuz that actually that. does not have a true DVD release. No, it does not. That was a made for TV film. It's, it's some weirdo DVD out in uh New Zealand or something like that and it, that's it. it. But it's not even legit for what I've read about it. But yeah, that's the big rumor from Vinegar Syndrome that I have seen and heard. That is their one of their two big releases. And just like last year, now I got to take them serious because they put out a legit Blu-ray release of Spookies. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I own that because of you, actually. But yeah, yeah. I, I always like that one. I loved it. And, they, and I will tell you this. It was well worth the money. Everything that was the extra wise, I couldn't complain. I liked what they did with it. I was impressed. You own the T-shirt. <laughs> we made the t-shirt ah happen. well done uh terrence tom uh, anything out there you're you've been seeking and can't find no I, anything i want to see tim has so i'll just go over <laughs> his place tomorrow <laughs> yeah usually if i want to see anything i just ask him <laughs> where well, i can find it or <laughs> well there it is Tim's <laughs> well brides of the beast that's one for the uh well when you get there, we'll see. I, I don't know. That I, I, that sh- Did that make it into any of your books, Tim? No, it hasn't. But I will tell you, David, never stop looking and stop looking at the regular sources. YouTube is my first place to go. Yeah. And yes, when you sign into YouTube, you get a whole different set of stuff sometimes. Yeah, that's true. I, I, yep. I watched Alligator on there on YouTube. That's the last time I saw it about five years ago. But there is some great people on there that put together some cool channels like VHS Legacy. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one that will they they they're kind of like their shutter of YouTube. They'll get stuff taken down and they'll put up new stuff. And that's how I found all my post-apocalyptic movies too. <laughs> oh yeah, I, oh the Filipino and Italian ones. Yeah. Oh, good stuff good stuff what's the one with the giant scorpions that only show up in one scene um uh, you're talking damnation thank alley. you damnation Jan alley Michael vincent and uh george Prepard. yes that that was a made for tv film too these things just disappeared kids they went away yeah, if you, well, if you well, i was gonna say damnation alley literally barely had a vhs release and didn't uh, i think it's shout factory uh, with Roger Corman's help, uh, when they were doing all those Corman classics about eight, nine years ago. Yeah. That was the first time Damnation Alley showed up on DVD. Amazing. Amazing. And then Where Have All the People Gone? Remember that one? Yes. Yes. That actually shows – I've watched that on YouTube. It's creepy. Me too. Yeah, I was going to say, that has stayed around on YouTube. Oh, that's a creepy one. Solar Flares. Who the thunk? Anyhow, <laughs> listen, this is where we the part of the show where we tell you guys to please plug everything in anywhere and wh- what you want people to get and where to go. Anybody? <laughs> this I, is... <laughs> I got stuff to plug. I yeah, I know, them. Tim, you got stuff. Yeah, that's why I, Terrence. Oh, sorry, you kept cutting out there. <laughs> oh, Skype. <laughs> um, no, just, uh, just you know, keep an eye out for uh, Gross Fest. What about your books, um, man? Your books are yeah. good. Oh, they're on Amazon. Uh, oh, 
Uh, the <laughs> Hatred Within that you talked about, uh, my yeah. third, uh, Denouement, and um, Soul of Fire. They're all on Amazon. Um, you can hit them up or you know get a hold of me, and I can send you the links. <laughs> hit up Terrence Maine, folks. He may not talk much, but he's got some good writing. <laughs> Tom? Uh, got a... Uh, bad backyard movies this weekend playing at my in my backyard uh we're gonna be showing uh uh theodore rex and uh tammy and the t-rex yes oh wow i've never seen that one they keep trying to make me watch that yes because it's been found now that's why is it terrible there uh, <laughs> yes but you get to see paul walker and denise richards oh god all right the yeah, first so. feature to sports uh, would be Goldberg in a talking dinosaur. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Backyard movies. I'm out. I'm out. All right. Uh, Tim, what you got? Uh, uh, of course, you find me at Moundsville, West Virginia, Saturday. Drunken Yinzers Productions, us selling our stuff. Uh, Cinema Wasteland the weekend after. Weekend after that, October 8th. Find us at the Willow Station on a Friday evening out Yay. on the patio showing Jagoff Massacre. Yay. And then October 30th, you will find us uh, the little mini Halloween gross fest where we're having guests as Mr. David Fairhead, Christine Solstice, David and Diana uh, Silvio, and also Maddie Deering. They'll have books. They will have movies. Hope you come. Check them out. You're allowed to come in at, you know for free do your thing you will see us wandering around uh check and taste the great food there buy a beverage fun time it's from 2 to three thirty. it's just a give a let's have a little afternoon halloween treat just hang out see some people maybe buy some stuff and then uh like i said i've been asked to mc the halloween costume event later on that evening at willow station it's a good time. Good folks, local horror, and it actually will keep me from building giant Japanese robots and listening to Britney Fox for like one night. So, hey, <laughs> what can I tell you? Come on out, Willow Station. We'll, we'll be talking more about it. I'll, I'll, I'll post more about it. We'll talk more about it as we get closer. And uh, it is the weekend of Halloween, and uh, I thank you for inviting me. And uh, I, this will be my first um, outing convention-wise, if you know you want to call it that. So, yeah, I'm excited, and thanks for inviting me. And I'm glad you guys came on, and it's a long time coming, and thanks for this. Uh, I think people got a little bit of an education in horror tonight after I edit a lot of missing sound. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, this was perfect for Halloween, and uh, thank you guys for coming on. And any last words before we uh, say goodnight? Everybody support your local independent artist. Yeah, man. We're going to get Tom Gross's autograph. I'm telling you he's going to blow up. I'm famous. I'm going to make somebody film him autographing something for me. I will be at Willow Stations, you know, signing coffee. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's unofficial, but you could go ask him for his autograph. That's where you could find him October 30th. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I will leave. I'm going to leave my post to go find Tom. You ain't gonna have to look hard. He's gonna have. To, he's gonna be the one with all the people around him. 
He's going to have the line. He's like the Greg Nicotero. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Hey, thanks, you. <laughs> thanks again for listening, folks. Anyway, all the shows are at www.fairlydarkproductions.com. You get all the Kettle Whistle Radio episodes there. The books are there. If you're into horror, now's your time to do it. I got short stories. I got novels, whatever the hell. It's all there. Um, but Dr. Peeler, Demon Psychiatrist, issue one at Burning Bulb slash comics.com. Issue two will be... God, I hope it's ready for the Willow Station, but I don't think it's going to be. But yes, uh, Dr. Peeler, issue two will be coming out uh, sometime in the next six months. But hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for your patronage. And uh, what can I say? Uh, we'll let him say goodnight. Goodnight, Yins. <laughs> yes. A virus is spreading. It's just a matter of time. They call it Corona, but it's not served with mine. Now we all sit at home in uncertainty. But I've got a plan to survive this quarantine. Let's all have a drink to help forget about our worries. Yeah, let's all have a drink. Let's make it vacation at home. We have booze for solace while we're hiding from the virus. So let's all have a drink. Just drink at home. To help forget about our worries Yeah, let's all have a drink Let's make it vacation at home We have boost and solace While we're hiding from the virus So let's all have a drink Just drink at home So people are nervous Of the strain lost it They're starting to hoard All kinds of crazy shit Stores are out of TV, but no need to fear. One essential that's still in stock is beer. So let's all have a drink to help forget about our worries. Yeah, let's all have a drink. Let's make it vacation at home. We have booze for solace while we're hiding from the virus. So let's all. Just drink at home Yeah, let's all have a drink To help forget about our worries Yeah, let's all have a drink Don't touch your face and wash your hands And if you're feeling too alone Use portal, Skype, FaceTime, the phone So you can have a drink Or two, or five With your friends Let's all have a drink To help forget about our worries Yeah, let's all have a drink Let's make it vacation at home We have booze for solace While we're hiding from the virus So let's all have a drink Just drink at home
Society 13, Redefining Podcasting. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Lawrence Ross Show. Egomaniac. It's a two-hour weekly exploration into my mind. I also do sketches, celebrity impersonations. You're out of order! And I also do song parodies. Not too shabby for a blind guy. No, 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 you visually impaired. 
impaired, but you are geographically impaired. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform or listen to it here on Society 13 on Electrocast.